This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to Go Birds number 13, uh, the, uh, I don't know, raspy, voiceless-ish post-game show as uh, we are recording live still from Clearwater, Florida at the Edge Hotel, thanks to fans of Philly for an incredible weekend, guys. I mean, like, this is, despite the loss and all the uh, non-fun things that we're going to talk to, this is... Or talk about this has been one of the best experiences I've ever had. I think the listeners were able to tell that it was you two in the stands and me in the press box. Because <laughs> yes. your guys' voice sounds just a little different, uh, a little more raspy than mine. But nah, not a great ending to the weekend. But, I mean, we're recording right now looking out on the water. So, you know, it puts a little everything into perspective for us. And hopefully we can put things in perspective for Eagles fans. Today. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to, Vince, because there's a lot of, lot of talk about the secondary uh, and their performance from – from yesterday, and hey, uh, hot take, it wasn't great. It wasn't great, but I do think people are kind of overreacting to a lot of stuff today. Well, yeah, it's the first loss of the season. You had the Super Bowl bubble pop a little bit. Like, people are going to freak out some. Also, the way that it happened, right? You have a lot of injuries that go down over the course of the game. Everybody expected us to beat the Bucks. I certainly thought they were going to beat the Bucks. so there's a little bit of a shock value. Ryan Fitzpatrick running wild, Deshaun getting touchdowns. Like, it was all the things that you didn't want to see in a game, and they all came together. Bad coaching, bad play. Like, everything was bad. Let's start there for a second because the opening play – um, I mean, we've been discussing that for two weeks. We knew we, we knew that play was coming for five years, and I can't remember if it was 12 or 22 personnel, but you're going, hey, guess what? They're going to throw to Deshaun on a play-action pass as Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick is rolling out. Sure enough, they did. And uh, I don't know if anybody clarified what was happening there, but I didn't understand why Malcolm Jenkins didn't roll that way. 
Yeah, the, uh, it was weird. The thing that's got to kill the coaches is of all the guys to make the first initial mistake to have Malcolm do it's got to kill because he's supposed to be your best player in the secondary. He's supposed to be one of your best players, period, on the whole team. And for him to make that mistake initially was just – it really was a killer. I mean, you guys were in the crowd. I think Vince told me earlier, the second Deshaun caught that ball, like – that you know, how many Eagles fans do you think were there? Uh, in our section, like where all the the four five hundred, right? Least. So all the in in the whole stadium, we're probably talking in the thousands. Just completely sucked all the energy out. After the game, I asked Malcolm Jenkins, like, what happened there? Because a lot of people were blaming Jalen Mills, but it was Malcolm that just bit on not even really like a strong double move. Like I I've watched it a few times, and I, my guess is just looking at it. Um, he saw something on tape that he was trying to jump, and Deshaun just didn't end up doing that. Uh, he called it a rookie mistake. Um, he took complete blame for it. And like you said, I mean, all week they talked about this is what this is how the Buccaneers will be. You, the Buccaneers are not a team that put together consistent 10-11 play drives. They get big plays, and to have that happen on the first play was just really a sign of things to come for a bad afternoon. And they continued to hit on all of them, and this is. What you see, at least from Twitter and a lot of people discussing this yesterday, is like, listen, this is where philosophy and bad play all of a sudden just blow up in front of you. Jim, Jim Schwartz is never going to allow anybody to really play close press coverage. Yep. And that honestly doesn't change much of anything when this happens. Just like you were saying, Elliot, if you make big plays, you're going to win ball games. That's just that's true of, of eyes, of analytics, of whatever. And they, they went and they did that. So the reason why you have you know, four or five comeback route completions on Darby's side or Jalen Mills' side is because Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson are big and fast and O.J. Howard to an extent. You have to keep those guys in front of you. And speaking of that one, I mean, good Lord, there was four or five missed opportunities there. You know, Nigel Bradham uh, missed initially. Jordan Hicks then misses next. Yep. Ronald Darby with one of the worst tackle attempts I've ever seen. Not only does he... Uh, miss O.J. Howard on his way to the touchdown, but he also blocks Rodney McLeod from trying to get there and do anything here, Vince. And by that time, and you're going, oh, my God, like they, they cannot get anything going on either side of the ball. Well, yeah, that's it's pretty symbolic for the whole game, isn't it? Like it was misplay, misplay, misplay. It was like miss tackle, miss tackle, miss tackle, touchdown. And and for the Eagles, with everything that they had yesterday, like Nick Foles is out there. You're losing guys. Let Peters goes out of the game. Ajayi goes out of the game early. Eventually, you're losing Wallace and like. Uh, when you have all these different injuries piling up, the, the ability to make big plays and get down the field, like you felt like the game was over as much as they made it interesting. And so when you have all these big back-breaking plays and you're so shorthanded, it was just they had no shot in this one, They and they did it to themselves. Can I defend my boy Jalen for a minute? <laughs> oh, I've, I, was, I was waiting for Can it. Can I Please. defend him? Yeah, of course. I just – I'll never understand – there's a certain subsection of the fans that just want to hate this guy so much, and I just don't get it. I mean, seventh-round pick, he's been the best corner and best consistent corner on this team over the last two years. Now, that's not saying a lot because the corners haven't been great, but he's still been your best guy. He plays every snap every season, and th yesterday was a perfect example. So, you know, you mentioned Jim Schwartz, right? And I think when you're ranking who's to blame for this Eagles, that for the poor play on defense, it's Jim Schwartz. It's Malcolm Jenkins, and honestly, it's maybe even Ronald Darby before you list Jalen oh, yeah, uh, Jalen I, Mills. I disagree with that. But okay, yeah, well, let me ask you why. Saying. Why do you disagree with that? Uh, the, the, there's, uh, there's only so much you can do, and Jalen can do, and I know he's kind of limited in that fashion, but in the same way, like if, you're, if you are keeping guys in front of you, everybody pretty much did their job there. This is what people have to understand. Are you talking about the Jenkins play or the Evans touchdown? Oh, everything. Just okay, everything right. in general as the secondary. 
yards, and I know this is hard to understand, yards do not matter. Right. It does not matter at all. The, the whole philosophy of this Eagles defense is to tighten you up. I mean, the whole bend-don't-break thing. I yeah, know exactly. That's, that's, that's what happens. The breakdown is between whatever was – I mean, every single person on the secondary in the red zone defense was horrendous. That's what killed this team. Yeah, the big plays did too. And that's, that's again, against what the, the coaches want. Uh, and then they didn't tighten up. I mean, Jesus, the Chris Godwin touchdown – no one was there. And right. then the follow-up, starting the second half, Mike Evans is literally running around five bodies, and they still have a humongous but so, window So that's my to. point. So everything you just said, I 100% agree with. So why this morning, and I love Angelo, but why, you know, why on the morning show is Jalen Mills listed <laughs> as one of the top four reasons they lost this game? Like, the, the Deshaun Jackson touchdown, we're all agreeing that's on Malcolm Jenkins, right? Yeah. Yeah. How many corners in the league could cover Deshaun running down the field untouched. Not money. Right? And Jalen's never been that guy. Right, exactly. So I blame Jim Schwartz and Malcolm Jenkins for that, right? Two, we talk about the Mike Evans touchdown. He's single coverage, as you mentioned, playing off of him in the red zone, and he gets no help against, let's be honest, Mike Evans, a a receiver that we could argue back and forth, but probably top five, top six, right? He's right there. Right, so... Like, what do you expect from Jalen at that point is what I'm saying. So did he play well? No, but nobody did. And I never understand why everyone likes to just single out Jalen. Because, well, and the same thing that why you would single out Ronald Darby or anything else, Vince, is because if you but have. But he's not getting singled if, out. If you, no, well, in my, in my mentions, he is. Okay. So well, that's what I'm saying. There's, All right, there's, yeah. So my, my, my philosophy is, is on this, Vince, is if you don't like a guy and he doesn't do well, you're just going to pick on him, and that's what happens yeah. here. Oh, J- I, I never well, yeah. really liked Jalen, so I'm going to say it's on him. I don't really like Ronald Darby, so I'm going to say it's on him. Everybody played like shit yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the, the criticism of players, it, it just comes in and out like the tide. Like, it's really based on how well they're doing at the time. Like, Nick Foles goes on the Super Bowl run. Nobody criticizes Nick Foles. All it took was the preseason. I mean, really, he played bad in the preseason, and then everybody started coming back out of the woodwork again. They're like, hey, by the way, Nick Foles, he's not really that good. We shouldn't have ever signed him and all that all that kind of stuff. So, like, yeah, I'm still people, there, by the way. Well, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'm with you, but, like, it got louder, and that's the thing. People are going to wait. They're just going to – they're never changing their opinions. It, it takes a mountain for someone to change their opinion, and, and Nick Foles is that case. And so when you get that opportunity to go after a guy like Jalen Mills, hey, he gives up the big play. It's Deshaun, a guy that – I mean, some people like him in Philly still. There's plenty of the – don't right and so there's a lot of negativity that goes into that too it, it just all piles up it's also the nature of the cornerback position where you you look at the play you see Jalen trailing Deshaun you see Mike Evans beating him and it's easy to pick on that's just the nature of the position oh definitely but I just I guess my point is going forward like and all of our mentions are different but a lot of people are saying to me are you know all right bench bench Jalen put Sydney out on the outside and put Maddox in at nickel and to me it's just you know when we talk about going forward what can this team do you know, I'm not. I'm not just writing it off as one of those one of those games because I do think maybe you saw some flaws in Jim Schwartz's coaching strategy, but it kind of was just one of those games. Like they didn't play well. Ma- Malcolm brought up the point in the locker room that they lost Week Two last year to Kansas City in very similar fashion, and we all know what ended up happening. So it's just kind of one of those games t- to me. I mean, there's takeaways, and I'm, I mean we'll talk about the offense for sure. But on the defensive side of the ball to me it was just kind of one of those days and then also another bad game on the road. Those are the two things I I really learned about the defense yesterday. Yeah, now the other thing is too with Jalen Mills, like sure, he had some rough plays, but the thing that I like about him so much is that whenever 
whenever anything goes wrong with Jalen Mills, he is the guy that next play, like he yep. totally resets and he never gets down on himself. So he's not the kind of guy that you want to take out of the game. Like I don't want to take him out to put in. I like Sidney and he's going to have his time. But for right now, to bench Mills is crazy. And I mean, you know, I know we call this Monday uh, inside the locker room. And I really can't stress to the listeners enough that, that don't get to go in the locker room. Like Jalen is a huge part of the mentality of this team. Like he, he hypes the whole secondary up before each game. I think he's been a large part in building the attitude around that team. So, but to Vince's point, like what Jalen brings from a personality standpoint is extremely important. And I think he's a good player. So I'm not saying he's out there as a charity case, but when you look at the whole package that Jalen brings, I, I do think he's an extremely po- important part and a, a addition to this defense. Like he's well, a positive on absolutely. the defense. Absolutely. And so yeah. do I. And I, I like, I, I think I can feel comfortable saying, I think a lot of people um, over hype or over rate Jalen Mills on who he is as a player, but that doesn't mean he's bad and you need to immediately take him off the field right. in, in week two. And if you've been paying attention at all to what has been happening in this football team, and guess what? There's another major one that we'll talk about in just a second here. This team was always going to start out slow. Slow, slow, slow. You're coming out banged up. You don't have your starting offense. Like, there's just things that you have to get used to in the course of a season. And Elio has been saying that for a couple of days now. Like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, Eagles defense uh, away is not great. No. And, and they kind of proved that point once again. It is one game. It's con- you can be as concerned as you want about anything. If it becomes a trend, that's when you go, okay, we really have to look at the secondary. Maybe we do go and see if Sidney Jones can play on the outside and Maddox can come in or have have them more involved. But – uh, until that happens, just wait until week three against the Colts. Yeah, and I mean, and the thing about uh, the whole home versus road thing, I asked some players in the locker room, and a few of them brought up it's the first game of the season, our first road game of the season. Well, you guys were bad on the road last year, too. So yeah. th- this is a trend with mostly the same unit. And w- when we talk about the offense, we'll talk about the injuries, but the defense had everyone yesterday. I mean, the Buccaneers have talent, but when you don't get a really good pass rush on Fitzpatrick, and there were plays where Fletcher Cox dominated, but I went back and rewatched the game this morning, and a lot of those plays, I mean, he's just sitting back there with no one within a, a yard or two of clean them. As, clean as could be. And I yeah. mean, when when you do that and then you put your corners on island against, islands against two of the better receivers in the league, that's what's going to happen. So it's kind of not that complicated. But in terms of the home versus away difference, I don't know how you fix or explain that. Right, because I mean, they're, they're, I. it's the same field. It's not, you know, like, and this team's won a Super Bowl, so I, I hesitate to say they're afraid to go into environments. It's just weird to me that that happens. Yeah, and you can always make adjustment. Like, all, you know, the coaching staff's been there for a couple of years. Schwartz has been a head coach and been in the league for forever. A bad one. Like, well, yeah, but the yeah. thing is, he's been around so long that you've been on so many road trips and you've yeah. seen how defenses respond, and you can develop the routines. Like when Thursday night football first started, that was a big problem. It was like, how are we going to schedule things, and when should we? fly and all this different stuff and that was that was an issue and after a couple of years people figured it out and it was fine so to have it be such a consistent problem still when like everybody's going to go on the road half of the year yeah it's it is baffling I really I don't get it either and I mean look like it's just one of those games but it's a game that's going to end up counting against your loss record when you're fighting for that number one seed and if the Eagles have to go on the road in the playoffs then it really is going to matter how that defense plays especially if you're playing one of the you know better high-powered offense at the top of the NFC well it's just the the pair of the league too I mean if you just look at the rest of the scores from week two in the NFL I mean you know they're like oh well uh, you know Jesus I mean the Cleveland again went into uh, the yeah. Saints home and it's it's a weird game they still pull it off like this is still a time where we're teams are trying to figure everything out so 
I mean, if you think the Bucks are one of the best teams in the NFL after two weeks, God bless you, and we'll see where they are. I think that sometimes this is just what happens during the course of a season. You're going to have really terrible games, um, and uh, it, it doesn't make it any easier when the Eagles now are reportingly from uh, a lot of different people, from Garofolo, from Adam Schefter, saying that Mike Wallace is either going to be out for an extended period of time or he's just done for the season. Yeah. So that is a huge blow. It's, I mean, and this is what I don't understand, Vince. All right, Mike Wallace is out, okay? You have you have Aiken, you have uh, my boy DeAndre Carter, you have all these different... I'm just, happy you finally adopted him officially. Uh, yes, I, just, <laughs> I, I might as well just lean into it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you just keep thinking and going around, and you're all right, where is, where is the first pick in your 2018 draft? I understand that it was such a weird answer, such a weird answer. Well... You know, Perkins uh, was uh, acting as the, the next wide receiver up in our right. strategy or in our depth chart or whatever. I don't care. Throw the game plan out. That guy can catch a football. Let him let him cut his teeth early in the season because you're going to need him later on. Yeah, Goddard's got to be out there. I mean, what are we doing, right? Like, that guy, just in the last game against Atlanta, the way the offense improved once you put two tight ends on the field, it was pretty significant. And early in the game, I thought the Eagles had some success running the ball, and that's what I thought was going to happen is you would start to see Goddard and you would try to make it work that way. Corey Clement had a couple of plays early in the game where you're like, you know, it looks like he's going to break something soon enough and they'll get their own big play. And so to not get Goddard out there, yeah, like – Perkins, really? I mean, you got to find something that works. And Perkins worked a little bit, but, man, uh, the size advantage that you'd get, just how big that offensive line is and, and having Goddard out there, the flexibility with him and Ertz. Ertz worked a little bit in that game. He wasn't pretty, but he got some yardage. Well, we can say that again. Yeah, So, <laughs> but, like, what was Aiken doing? What was Gibson doing or Carter doing? And, and the, the, well, sorry, but the no, weird thing about Goddard is, uh, and I hate to speculate on something like this, but – what else could it be other than maybe he is having issues with the playbook, right? It's probably, it's probably I mean, it's it got to be yeah. it, right? Because there's got to be like seven plays that he knows, though. But so, no, you know, I, I you agree 100. percent But when Doug's reasoning was he wanted to keep him in the same role, I mean, Perkins has been here as long as Goddard has. Goddard, you know, had even longer, I think, too, right? Or where they? God, I think Goddard's been here longer, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, look, he's a rookie, and I think people do underestimate sometimes how hard it is to learn an NFL playbook. But at the same time, he's a second-round pick for a reason. Like, these guys that you draft high up are supposed to be ready to come in and play right away. So to have Perkins, a guy that I know he's played in the NFL, but has no business being on the field over Goddard. Like, something's got to be going on there. And then also the way Doug answered the question, it seemed like he like was trying to protect him with his answer. Oh, yeah, and, and maybe there's – and we never really truly know, just like you're saying. Right. Like, there could be like, hey, coach, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, Goddard's, Goddard's <laughs> like, never going to say I wanna that. I want to get out there, but I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But right. but you can in those – and and listen, uh, you know, Foles probably had one of his best throws of the season, and maybe it's his last one, and we'll certainly get into that because uh, as we're recording this, Doug did say he's got some new information uh, when he was talking to the WIP morning show uh, today I wonder what that noon, could be. So, yeah, I'm, I'm – uh, if something does happen, we'll uh, we'll do a quick little emergency podcast, maybe even from the airport about uh, <laughs> I like it. Carson or something like that. So, um, but it, it, him being in the red zone, you don't have to think that much. Hey, buddy, do a fade route into the corner. Yep. Hey, uh, I need you to just you know cut across the middle here and do your best because I and and this is no disrespect to, to Zach Ertz because we already know he's uh, he had a, such a phenomenal season last year. He's going to continue to be a safety blanket slash playmaker for whoever's playing quarterback. But Vince, 
I mean, uh, they scored anyway, so it doesn't matter. But that almost one-handed catch from Ertz in the back of the end zone where he almost brought, brings it down, mm-hmm. I think Dallas Goddard catches that football. And and if and if he's not even being used in the red zone, that's when I have a huge problem. You don't want to put him out between the 20s? Fine. But that's what he's made to do is to catch yeah. footballs in the end zone. Yeah, true. And, and really, the red zone as a whole, I had some questions about. Like, late in the game, the clock's running. You're down by two scores. They ran the ball three times. Now they know huddled to run the ball those times. But still, like, get Goddard out there, throw passes, keep the clock, and, and give yourself an actual chance to win. Because it got to the point where Tampa was driving a bit, but it wasn't like they got all the way down the field. It wasn't like they... They were about to score a touchdown to put the game out of reach. Like, give yourself time. Make Tampa go as far as they have to control the ball for even longer. And uh, and that was one of my questions with Doug as well. Outside of Goddard, it was and, just play calling, clock management. And Goddard, like, even though it's just his second game in the NFL, he's an attention grabber. Like, he goes out on the field. The opposing defense coordinator goes, okay, they have Goddard in or it's out there, right? So even if you're just telling him It's to, like Fulton from the Mighty Ducks. Right? That was the big slap <laughs> exactly. shot, right? <laughs> even if you just tell him to run around like, his, like a chicken with his head cut off, like at least they're paying attention to him right and you know I'm happy you brought up Doug and some of the play calling because when I watched the game again this morning there were a lot of plays where and I get that he doesn't have a lot of weapons out there but just a lot of plays that scratched my head like the third and I think it was oh, 18 third, or third, and, third 11. and 11 right the drop, the drop play to Wendell Smallwood or, or even it was a it was a third or fourth down in the red zone it was a third and fourth or two and they pitched it to Aguilar about four yards behind the line of scrimmage like you're putting your guy further back just a lot of, I didn't like the fourth down play call to Ertz where they threw it to him basically at the line of scrimmage by the time he well, caught see, I didn't, it. I didn't mind that. I, well, I actually, I, I like re- the decision. Yeah. I'm saying I didn't like the play call. No, I, mm. I'm saying I, I didn't mind the play call there, like an in, in and out route to go and beat your guy. I'm confused on why that um, – and I, I watched the condensed version of the broadcast, yeah, so maybe too, they explain yeah. it more. Uh, I thought he reached across and got a first down. So I thought yeah. he- <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused by that. Well, what was that? I, and I thought it was weird because also when that happens, then you get a TV timeout. And so you had a couple of minutes to go and look at that play. And when everybody's looked at it, like Rube tweeted, and he's like, I watched that play like 10 times. It looked like a first down to me. It's weird that Doug didn't challenge that call either. It looks like Ertz's knee might have gone down before he fully extended his arm. But to your point, they had a lot of time to look at it. So it wasn't like this is one of those situations where we all thought they should challenge and they didn't even consider it. Like, they definitely looked at that a lot of times. My issue with the play call is, and as much as I think Ertz is the best tight end in the league, and through two weeks, that argument's looking not great. But <laughs> but regardless, like that's still my position. I'm sticking with it right now. His strength is just simply not breaking tackles. It's just not, right? So if you're going to – and I agree, like he's good on those routes. But if you're going to have him run it, then have him run it past the line of scrimmage or at least a lot closer because he he had to really turn. And to his credit, he, he made it close on his own. Like he caught that ball two, three yards short of the sticks. But I like the decision to go for it. I like the sticking to his aggressive to the aggressiveness, and especially yesterday when you need something to get going. I just didn't think the play calls were great yesterday. Yeah, and I – it it didn't seem to me, and the greatest thing about all this stuff, and well, you do you do it all the time up in the press box, but to get the all twenty two view first and then come back to the broadcast yeah. to see, and you try and do that and match it up, it didn't look like to me anyway that Doug really changed much or got conservative or did anything. And this is why I kind of want to bring up Foles here. And listen, <laughs> it is it is I, I, I'm not going to say that he played terrible at all because the stat line would would argue differently. No, you can you can say it. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he played great at all. He, what he ended up with forty-seven passes, I think, on the day. Yeah, Is and I mean, right? to me, 47, like forty-seven, forty-eight. 
Yeah. You know, the final score is what it is. We all know they lost this game by more than six points. Like, I don't care Certainly. what the final score says. They were dominated. And when the game was in question, Foles was terrible. In the first quarter, I think he was five of six for, you know, I would, I would be surprised if it was more than 50 yards. I don't have yeah. it in front of me. First half, his numbers actually weren't that bad, 18 to 24 for 158. But they were never really – they were in the game, but it was never because of the offense. And right. Foles did it. Just his, his accuracy, and again, like this is a difference between a top five guy in Wentz and a guy that like maybe could start. Just little passes to the sideline, guys are jumping for him. Passes on crossing route, they have to adjust and they can't make plays after the catch. Like Foles' accuracy is not his strength. And then later in the game, I mean, he again is trying to throw the game away and get his guys killed. Like just decisions that that screen throw he threw to Ertz with three bucks yeah, around. It's like it's crazy. I wouldn't even throw that. Like you know, I would look and be like, this seems like a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that's what. You know, the initial first screen was open, too, and I know that's not the play design or whatever, but, I mean, if Corey Clement's there and you got two blockers and one hat, throw it. Like, yeah. You know, you don't yeah. need to do the double it, but th this is what I'm saying, Vince. I mean, yeah, he also uh, was able to keep them in the game, but, God, I mean, the middle of the field was open a lot of the time during this game, and, it's, and the double clutching yep. at key moments when you're going, wow, I don't know, and... And we can talk about all the details that went wrong with this game. QB1, wide receiver 1 are not out there. That's still the biggest part for me. Yeah, there were a lot of missing pieces. But to go back to Doug and his play calling with Foles and everything, because you need to jumpstart it with Nick Foles. There always needs to be a spark moment with him, unless he comes in and he's just hot, which is not often. So, like, last week you got the Philly special again, and that worked. You had an Aguilar pitch play, and that worked. Right. This week you had one play that did work, which was that, that direct snap to Aguilar Oh, my God, that play was ridiculous. I mean, the timing from Kelsey to hit Aguilar like that. The one he was it, short on. Uh, yeah. The yeah, one he was short. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. That, that's a great call, and it yeah. was, I thought it was an appropriate thing to do. Um, then you tried it again because that, that screen to Zer, uh, Ertz. Ooh, Zertz. I like that. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that screen to, screen to Ertz was – they had done I it before. I want a breath now. Sorry, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I could probably use one. So <laughs> Clement, you know, they were gonna they threw the screen to him last time, and that's what they were setting up again. You do the motion, you try to draw him out that way, and and flip to Earth. So he tried it, and it didn't work. But that's the problem. Is like with this offense the way it is with Foles without all the weapons you don't have Peters all these different things you had to come up with something to spark this team you had to come up with some big play somehow you lose your long ball guy in Wallace Aguilar they, they only like throwing the ball to him three yards down the field Foles right. only likes throwing it to him three yards down the field and so like uh, it, it was a game where Doug had to will the offense and it just wasn't there well and shout out to James Seltzer because he said uh uh, Aguilar is going to have about 15 targets this game. I think he ended up with 14 or something like that. But that's that's I guess what do you do? You know, uh, there is a lot of shuffling that happens around as well. Doesn't doesn't help that Jason Peters goes out in the very first play. You miss uh, again. You're another outside threat. Like that's still a really tough thing to do on the fly. Yeah. So I don't know what you're supposed to do there. Ellie. Yeah. Here's the thing though. Like, and I think they deserve some level of excuse for not playing well, but. They had the JV offense out there, right? Yeah. But they're playing a JV defense. I mean, Correct. they're playing a Buccaneers defense yeah. that was really bad last year. They don't have their top two corners. So it wasn't like they were going against, you know, the Baltimore Ravens of the past where you're like, okay, well, what do you expect Kamar Aiken to do? Foles did not play well. And that's, to me, like, they should have been able to move the ball. And Doug deserves blame. Uh, Nick deserves blame. We're not. None of us are going to kill uh, your boy DeAndre Carter, Kamar Aiken, because you, you just can't expect. They still made some plays too, like especially Aiken, which was like very surprising. Yeah, he had me. a few yeah. nice catches. Yeah, but it, it just to me it says it all about why you need to make a move for receivers. Kamar Aiken's a guy that you cut 
was unemployed. You tried out, brought him in, and then he played like basically all the snaps at receiver yesterday. So a move needs to be made. And I, but I just think we, Doug and Nick do deserve some blame for what happened on offense, even Certainly. with the injuries. Definitely. And this is what it comes back to again. I mean, like everybody's hepped up on Josh Gordon now. And like, even as this morning, um, uh, for somebody from ESPN. Josina. Oh yeah. Josina had mm -hmm. said eight to 10 teams are now interested and everybody's like, you listen, the Eagles have to be in on us. I'm sure they're knocking on the door at this point now, but to what we talked about on Saturday, <clears throat> excuse me, coming into this is now you're going to have a little bit more of a bidding war. So it's not going to yeah. be a fifth or sixth that gets this done. It's probably going to be more like a fourth or third or somewhere around that range or a conditional one of those. Well, they and do have two fourth round picks. They do. Would you guys do it? Yeah. For a fourth round pick, I'd do it. Uh, here's the hottest t take for Monday. Ready? Sign, oh, I cannot wait. Sign Des Bryant. Don't worry about giving anything nah, up for I Josh Gordon. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I, just, I disagree. Because to me, I mean... What, Josh Gordon is going to have uh, – this is the last year of his deal anyway, right? I don't think he has anything past this. So I can't imagine. I think there's some, there's some debate about whether I'll or not he would be – I'll look it up while you guys be, are chatting Well, the issue is because how much he's suspended. There's some debate as to how many years of actual service he has. Yeah, well, a league rep, Pro Football Talk, had reached out to somebody from the league, and they said he does have enough service that they will count him as an unrestricted free agent. All right, well, then that's an issue. But here's my thing about receiver, right? Like, I think people are going to say you trade for a receiver – on Monday morning and think of it as a knee-jerk reaction to the loss. It's not a knee-jerk reaction to the loss. It's the fact that three of your top four receivers yeah. are injured. That's right? legitimate. You and need to have somebody. Let's also think long-term, right? Because if you're trading a draft pick, that's something you think about. Mike Wallace has not played well and is a free agent at the end of the year. Matt Collins, Eagles Twitter can, you know, fight for him all he wants, all they want. Oh, I'll he's, continue to right. fight the good He's fight. hurt I now. He wasn't. <laughs> all right, here we go. So we got him right here. He is at best, a complete question mark heading into next year. Would you agree with that? In so, terms of health and not under – yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Right, don't he's know. a complete unknown is what I'm right. saying. So if you just look at 2019 in terms of, okay, well, do I want to give up a fourth-round pick? Like, Josh Gordon could potentially help you for the next three years. He's still young enough to do that, whereas I think Dez has so much mileage on him. And I also think, like, there's this perception out there that Josh Gordon would be an issue in the locker room. Like – how often was he even in the locker room in Cleveland? He well, was that's, <laughs> but that's, that's to my bigger point. He wasn't in the locker room. Right. So you, you, we have had this fantasy for Josh Gordon forever, since the beginning of time. Oh, it's just weed. Oh, it's just, you know, whatever. They're not using him properly or he doesn't feel comfortable. Or maybe it is he, he's trying to get back in his mental health. And then you hear he's injuring himself on a promotional shoot and doing all this different right. stuff. Listen, we've, I, I don't, it's... It's whatever. Like, that's why you don't give up much for him because unless you are, to me, it, it is not going to make or break you on a, on a Super Bowl run or your team or whatever. Like, you can get rid of Des Bryant easily. Yeah, but I think Des, there's, there's a better chance of Des coming in here and in two weeks, when you know it's he only gets three targets, he goes off. Like, well, that's true too. And so I think there's either a one of them. I think are pretty volatile. Well, but the thing with Gordon is, and you know, it's tough to talk about because we're talking about things like you know he has, you know, he's going through tough times off the field, right? Certainly. Like, so who knows where he's at mentally? But it, I mean, unless I'm missing something, it doesn't seem like he's ever been a guy to pop off to the media or complain or do those type of things, right? Like, so if the Eagles do their research and, you know, he's not facing suspension and they're confident that he will come in here and at least be, you know, able to take the field, 
I would rather take my chance on that than the chance of Dez coming in here and all of a sudden it just the, to me that feels like that has like trouble written all over it. it. It's also about the risk factor too, right? Like for the Eagles, giving up a fourth round pick is not a lot because they have a lot of picks. The upside is great because you're trying to repeat. You're gonna like if you have Wentz out there with Gordon, Jeffrey, Ertz, Ajay, like right. that's, that's crazy talented, and. You could keep him because here's the other thing, too. You mentioned his contract. Like, what do you do if he's a free agent next year? Well, with all the shit that he's had, like, you have to give him a conditional deal. There's no way he's getting, like, big-time guaranteed money anywhere, I don't think. And the other thing is, too, that it's the locker room situation, right? Eight to ten teams want to bring in Josh Gordon. He will absolutely fail on seven or eight of yeah, those, right? Like, agreed. I think New England is an interesting shot for him. If he, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe. I think the Eagles are a great shot for him. And then, like, one or two other teams that realistically want to go and make that risk and give up that pick. So it's a risk worth taking. Like, I would rather go for Josh Gordon. And, and then here's what you do, is if you don't get Gordon, then you go look at Dez. But for now, I, I definitely put Gordon first and I go all in. The thing about... Gordon being a free agent is it only matters if it works out, right? Like if you trade, sure. if you trade for him, and you know next off season we're not even thinking about Gordon, then it wouldn't have mattered he was a free agent because the trade didn't work out. If you trade for him, he comes in here, he meets that potential for ten games, he helps you win another Super Bowl. If he leaves, fine, right? Like I think he would want to stay here because I think players love to play in Philly and also especially a guy like that I think would value staying in a situation that's working for him now maybe the Eagles can't afford him there's all the, those type of debates but if you give up a fourth round pick and he does what you expect him to and then he walks I think that that that's okay like the fourth round pick was well spent yeah I think the risk is 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 yeah I'm not I'm not talking about like draft capital and be like oh you'll be so far behind right I mean, it's a fourth round pick now I mean it's still hard to hit on anyway and um, honestly, if you're the Eagles and you're a special wide receiver that somehow ends up down there, then yeah, you might have a shot making the team. Otherwise, probably not. You're looking at a special teamer and it's the you're talent looking at level a Mac Collins. Well, yeah, but you know, we <laughs> we still don't know. Again, right. uh, I was I was still pretty high on him after he showed what he kind of could do in that first year. I think the hernia and everything is just a yeah, big reason know, why he didn't I'm play. It's a, so it's a it's a question mark. It's it's worth the risk. I'm just saying. I don't think it works out anyway. I don't think it works out for anybody. I don't think it works out for the Patriots. I don't think it works out for the Eagles. I think it's just it's time to put the Josh Gordon fantasy to bed. If he can get anything out of him for seven games, great. But a, a reminder, again, I, I'm assuming also along with the Carson news that we're going to hear about Alshon Jeffrey, and he's going to be back well, in, the, in the fold of things in the next week or two. I'm still just saying, like, you know, I, I would still give this offense a little more time, but Regardless, they still do need a wide receiver somewhere. Well, let me ask so. you guys this, and I'll, I'll start with you, Vince. If they don't make a deal, because that's probably the more likely of the scenarios, right? Like trades in the NFL are hard to pull off, all that mm -hmm. stuff. How bad is this right now? Like, I mean, like, so we're looking at two, maybe another week, two weeks till Alshon's back. What Mike Wallace seems like he's gone. Like, how, how bad is it going to be if they don't make it? I'm yeah, gonna... that's a great point. I, I don't think there's, like, the craziest sense of urgency. Part of the reason why I think it's good to get Gordon is because – uh, especially like with the NFC and how stacked it is, not and not knowing who those eight to ten teams are, like part of it is prevention. I would rather have him here than risk him playing somewhere else and developing. So that's part of the reason why I want to make the deal. But in terms of the urgency, yeah, like Jeffrey will be back, mm -hmm. and sure, if you're struggling with your speed guy, like Gibson is going to be your guy on the outside for speed situations. It's fine. It's not great, but you do have Ertz. You do have all of these different running backs. You know, Darren Sproles will be back next week. He's going to help you out in the receiving game. A lot 
Um, so, yeah, it's not dire. Like, right. th- that's the thing is, uh, that's what's so funny about this is the team is so talented and deep that anytime there's a single hole, like before when Wallace was healthy and Jeffrey first got hurt and, like, Hollins was still around, it was like, oh, my God, Jeffrey might miss two or three weeks. We should yeah. sign Dez. Like, right. how can we possibly go two weeks without our starting wide receiver, which teams do that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it really, yeah, in comparison to the rest of the league, it's not that bad. I mean, it goes back to just what we were talking about. You need you need Dallas Goddard in here. Yeah. You need another weapon. And if you don't want to make a deal and you can't make a deal, then you do that. I'm sure there's somebody out there that I'm not thinking of that's like, okay. Uh, but the, honestly, it's internally is, is what is going to make that offense pop a little more. There's no real other guy on my mind unless you want to go seek another trade for something else. I think trade's the only way because yeah. realistically, if a guy's a free agent now, the Eagles have already decided they don't want him or he's just not that good. I mean, you're two right. weeks into the season. But let me ask you guys this. Wait, uh, does Wheaton come back at this point? <laughs> I mean, I like Wheaton. Let's but get well, that full well, stretch what about of that Martavis 800K. Bryant as a flyer? I well, mean, isn't he, he's, he's on the Raiders he's now, on, too. Well, they, I know he's yeah. on the Raiders, but, I mean, they cut him a week ago. If you offered, if you went to Oakland, you're like, listen, guys, you're 0-2. You suck. Uh, we're going to we're gonna offer <laughs> hey, you. Hey, John, it's Howie. You suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, that's exactly the phone call. John, you suck. Uh, we're going to give you a fifth, yeah. like, a fifth or a sixth-round pick, and you give us Martavis Bryant. That's a, but like. you rather just take Gordon at that point? Well, yeah, I would rather take Gordon, but say you lose out right, or, or yeah. whatever, or maybe the information on him is is actually really bad, and you don't want to go and make that deal. Um, that yeah, I would look at Martavis Bryant, like Kenny Britt well, you is know out there as a free agent. I kind of like that theory. Oh no, not Kenny Britt. Never, I'm just never, saying, never if, you're, if, you're, if you're that desperate, like work him out. Like, hey, what could, about uh, what about my boy? Well, I was. Well, who's your boy? Jordan Matthews, man. <laughs> Yeah, Jordan oh, Matthews. Hey, I mean, I'm just How did saying. I not put I, that together? I, wait, can I tell you? Don't, I've had don't. four or five people, yeah. like don't. four yes. or five people, no. legitimately tweet me, not making fun of me, because I get a lot of those, like legitimately tweeting me in all seriousness if they should sign Jordan Matthews. Are you guys serious? Did we do not watch 2016? You don't want to go back to that. Like that's. That's what, I mean, whatever. Well, best he was friends the best receiver Carson on that team, to be fair. Uh, uh, I mean, you put. Uh, I'm just saying. I mean, he is out there. If you put him in the slot, you move Aguilar to the no, outside. It's, no, it's not ideal. No, it's not ideal. It, 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 no, it makes the offense worse, guys. Oh my you God. Just, he is just, better. He is better than DeAndre Carter. He's oh better than Sheldon Gibson. No, he's he is not. Better than Otherwise, Kamari they would have brought him back. He's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah, back. he's been hurt. If he's healthy. Whatever. We don't have to get into Jordan Matthews debate. I was <laughs> right. just saying that. I'm with you, though. I'm with you, ESP. I'm yeah, not, yeah. No, take- just to be clear, I am not saying they should sign him. Yeah. Because <laughs> my mentions cannot stand that. I'm just saying as yeah, a possibility. At James Seltzer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You exactly. work him out, you look at him. Yeah. No, because it takes – did we not watch Nelson Aguilar bud into a beautiful butterfly when he, when he came into yeah, the Yeah, they had to put that him out. That was the whole point. And he still did pretty well on the outside, too, but his right. main strength is staying in that middle of the field. Um, here's on, on your theory, though. I would call John Gruden and be like, listen, man, Amari Cooper was talking shit about you. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, you know, and, and he sides with Khalil Mack. So you should just, you know, we'll give you some picks and you can come on over here. And I've had a few people tweet me about that. Devontae Parker or something going on there. I don't know. He sucks, too. So, All right, uh, you well, know, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I guess. But, no, yeah, I'm, I'm out on Devontae well, Parker as well. Well, here's another thing that I think is an important question to ask is, all right, like we're talking about all these weapons and adding somebody. How much better does Carson Wentz make these receivers? So much better. So much better. That's the I, difference. I, so I agree with that, but I will say in 2016, and granted he's a rookie, so he's an improved player. 
In 2016, he was not as good because he did. I mean, all I heard last year was the reason they brought all these guys in was to help Wentz, right? So certainly, is the is the receivers? Let's say he plays in Week Three against the Colts. They don't make a trade, or they do, and he's not ready to play. Whatever. If it's Kamar Aiken, uh, you know, DeAndre Carter, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Joshua Perkins. I mean, is that better than what he had in 2016? Uh, no, but I mean, like again, just to your point, three years of difference yeah, in, no, yeah, in understanding right. offense and doing that. You know, he made a lot of mistakes. It, you, the, the, here's a, a prime example. All throughout, um, you know, everybody's throwing the offensive line under the bus. And I'm, they didn't play great by any means. And you're doing shuffling around. Uh, Nick Foles breaking his own pocket is the most infuriating thing yep. that I watch. And he does that all the time. Uh, Carson will either A, stay in the pocket, make sure it's there, or go make a play if he's out of it. So... Uh, whether it, it really improves the, uh, the with with the wide receiving core, I think it does because he throws a more accurate ball anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not at Nelson the same Nelson Aguilar either that they had to deal with in 2016. So yeah, I think he would make it better. Can I make a quick offensive line point, please? I think it's time to plant like multiple red flags around Jason Peters. Oh, of course. It's been yeah. two games here. He's 36. He hasn't finished either of them. He hurt himself in practice. Tried to go, couldn't play. Like, that's just not the beginning you want to see from a guy that's coming off a major knee injury at his size and his age. Which is something I had concerns about two years ago. Yeah. And uh, Father time just, never loses. Just start circling that 2019 offensive tackle draft class, everybody, because uh, they're going to need uh, a lot of help going in there. Do we have uh, any any questions? Yeah, there, so to be honest, since we're the best best podcasters in the game, we answered a lot of these <laughs> questions already. But oh, okay. I, good. I, I thought this one w- w- was a good one. Um, do you think Nelson or Ertz will reach one thousand plus yards this year? Both of them or neither? Oof. Um. Jeez. Aguilar's looking to be that way right now, right? Ertz is not. So I'll say if oh, man, if if I you know what if I have to pick one, I'm going to say neither. Has either of them ever topped a thousand? Uh, no. So I don't believe so. I would uh, I would go with no too. I'm gonna say Nelson gets there just on volume alone. On 800 catches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna be, and that's the thing too, because that was my first thought. Is like, man, he's been getting a lot of targets and yards recently. But if Foles is out of the game, then it's gonna change who's the primary target, right? Yeah. A lot of dinking and dunking, which is just unfortunate to watch and yeah, boring yeah. to watch, right? Horrible. Like, there was a one play yesterday I think is just like the poster for the season so far. Foles is scrambling off to his right, like doing God knows what. And then he's got Ertz like two yards in front of him, and he just kind of like pitches slash throws it to him. <laughs> it's not yeah, he gets yeah. tackled yeah. immediately, and it's just like, here we go, guys. <laughs> this is going to lead us to the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, put some sour cream and bacon on that son of a bitch, <laughs> and we're going to roll right into there. Well, uh, I uh, – uh, yeah, I mean, listen, guys, this is this is let's see what happens in week three. Uh, again, I'm sure that Doug is going to have some great Carson news. Um, I'm going to predict that he says he's going to start practicing this week and getting all the first team reps. And He'll he's play the cat cleared and mouse for game. contact and yeah. all that other stuff and say we haven't determined which uh, is going here. But uh, Vince, any final thoughts before we head out? Yeah, um, it's a long season. This team is still really talented. It was a terrible game. I'm not worried even a little bit. Did you see the Dallas Giants game? I mean, they Part suck. of it, I fell asleep. They, well, I, at the end of it, with five minutes left, I fell asleep, too. I yeah. saw Zeke score, and I was like, all right, night-night. And so, yeah, the division sucks. The Eagles are going to win their division. They're going to be in the playoffs. So, like, at least from that degree, everything's fine. Just 
breathe a little bit. So I'm not one of those guys that like enjoys watching the Cowboys, Giants, or Redskins lose. It's just I'm not. But this season, the Giants sucking is going to be my favorite storyline because <laughs> they are so bad, and it was so predictable. I mean, you bring back Eli Shermer, and it's just it's a it's a terrible thing. But what I'll end it on is. Before the season, I picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Again, I'm not backing off that because yesterday. I think they're going to be fine. I think, to John's point, a slow start probably was something we should have all expected. But the reality is this. If you get this team playing at their best and you get Carson playing at his best heading Mm -hmm. into the playoffs, no team in the NFC is beating the Eagles. So you just got to get there. It's all that matters. If this is – if it's wavering towards week eight after, you know – London and it ends right. up being chaos and boy oh boy man it's my Jags prediction not looking not looking great to start the Mine season. Is. <laughs> so uh, yeah on and uh, <laughs> speaking of the Giants Cowboys, eleven attempts, twenty eight yards for Saquon Barkley. Cool. Now I know he had eighty Those yards thighs, in the though. air and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Those thighs, man. And that's not even a shot at Saquon. That's your offensive line sucks nuts. And why did you draft a running back there is beyond me. You're gonna waste. A pretty good talent in there, so more power to you. Yeah, I never understood why Pat Shermer was like, oh, he's the guy now because he had one good year uh, with the Vikings. So uh, thank you again to fans of Philly. And, guys, if you are not signed up for Nashville, holy crap are you going to miss out. This is the best time that I have ever had. Now, Florida and Ocean and all of that kind of goes into that, but Nashville is one of the best cities in the country so i've heard the number of people that are coming yeah and i'm not going to say it because i don't know if he wants it out there yeah. but let's just say it's a shit ton of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah. it is going to be insane like i'm worried for my body <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. uh james is going to be down there for that one uh with you and it's just been nothing but fun getting to getting to uh one people listeners of the podcast and yeah. hanging out and talking with them uh, we saw a shout out to Jeff and and John and Gary uh, Angel, who has been with us since day one, who drove up here and was just hanging out like it was so awesome to finally meet uh, some faces and new faces. And uh, thank you to everybody who thought it was Jason Kelsey on. Saturday. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that was, was the best. <laughs> that was the best moment. Guys coming up to you like, hey, man, good luck tomorrow. And that's yeah. going to take pictures. With I you. actually went up to you guys because I was like, they keep saying good luck tomorrow. What I do know. they mean? <laughs> I was like, look at John getting his shine on. And then they thought you were Jason. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Big, big guy pictures are always good. So uh, thanks again to Fades of Philly. Thank you to everybody listening to Go Birds number 13 right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. For Vince Quinn, Elliot Shore Parks, I'm John Barchard. We will see you, well, probably really soon, once Doug breaks some news here.